And just want to take a second and thank Policy Genius. They're supporting today's episode of Success Story. I know we all have kids. We all have families we want to take care of. And I personally check something off major on my to-do list, life insurance. It's a tough topic. It's really hard to think about, but it's so important. And the hard part was sorting through all the options. Luckily, I found Policy Genius. Policy Genius is an online insurance marketplace that makes getting life insurance surprisingly easy. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, knowing my family's protected brings me incredible peace of mind. Don't put off this important decision. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. All right. Thanks again for joining me. Today, I am sitting down with Bob Rally. Bob Rally is the founder and managing partner of PathSight Predictive Science. Uh, previously, he was CEO of Rockefeller Consulting and a longtime television executive at Carsey Werner. He holds a PhD in psychology from Syracuse, Syracuse University. Excuse me. Um, we're going to talk about some of the topics that he studied over his career some of the topics that he breaks down in his new book, which is The Search for Why, a revolutionary new model for understanding others, improving communication, and healing division. Could not think of a more relevant time in history when we have to be healing some division. Um, I'm going to let him describe what his book is about, but I'm just going to, at a very high level, the premise is that he's arguing that biological instincts are the most foundational determinants of our behavior and that we're all born with a certain profile. Um, he's going to go into science, I'm assuming a little bit of psychology and how this manifests in individuals and how we can use it to our advantage. Um, so, you know, very interesting topic. Bob, thank you for joining me. I guess let's get into it because you're the expert here. I wanna sort of unpack your career, unpack mm-hmm. how you've developed this, this, uh, this thesis that has eventually led to this book. And, uh, and what it actually means for you know, people that are listening and how it applies to their daily life. So, thank you. Do we only have an hour? That's yeah, a, that's yeah, a right. Big, I guess I teed it up for a, a little list. bit more of a, <laughs> more of a drawn out <laughs> session. But we can, we'll, keep it, we'll keep it as high level as we can. Um, uh, okay. But uh, yeah, no, I know. It's a, it's a lot. Well, there, I get it. Yes, but, it is. There's yeah. a lot. Um, yeah, this is uh, the culmination of a probably a 20-year exploration. Um, it's it's a, not unusual to, to speak to a psychologist and say they're interested in why people do what they do, but it took a long time to crystallize that, that uh, moment of, I want to go do this. I want to f- figure this out. And, um, you know, I started in um, to play with this a long time ago, but it's interesting. Um, um, Google every year um, comes up with uh, uh, the world of search and they do try to do an aha moment to come, come to uh, what are the trillions of searches we as a culture um, uh, meant. You know, so in 2017, they were looking for, said we were looking for love. In 2018, it was, how do we do, um, excuse me, 
how do how do we do how do we uh, do important things? In 2019, it was it was um, looking for heroes, and this year, 2020, they um, decided it was the search for why. Coincidentally, the title of the book, and they said it really, um, I think, pretty succinctly. You know, you why has been searched this year more than any time in the in the history of tracking searches, and they they surmised that why was not just a a casual question, but it was it was like looking for the root for something. And it was all sorts of, of, of reasons. You know, we have a pandemic, systemic racism, we've got an economic collapse, and everybody was looking for why. And why is really the, the, the question that, that allows you, if, if you don't have an answer to why, how can you reimagine something? How can you fix something? You know, how, how can you repair something? So it made sense to me when I started to write the book for, for two years ago and, uh, and finished this year, that why was really on everybody's, everybody's mind. So when I got my doctorate, I was, I was looking for um, why people had success in psychotherapy. Were there different types of therapy that we could predictively match with other people? And that launched me on this 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 trail. Um, I, I next looked looked in, into a, a job. I, I I was hired by um, Unisys, the big uh, bank, the prim- primarily banking and and. Uh, aviation uh, um, tool sets. And they did very early on, they were working on an AI uh, workstation where we could take a, a um, Nobel laureate in, in economics and try to download his uh, um, brilliance onto a workstation that could be a, a a CEO's assistant. Well, we were way early to, to the te- to the technology, but it really dawned to me that data and understanding people was a powerful, powerful um, tandem. So then, I, as you said, I, I got into the communications, research, sales, and and the like for a uh, large entertainment groups, MCA and. Spelling Entertainment, and most recently with uh, Carsey Warner Television. And, you know, that was really a wonderful place to learn about people and why they, why they like what they like. But, you know, the work I was doing was not tied to a cogent philosophy or theory of why people do what they do. So after a number of years, I decided that I had to get back to uh, the first love of psychology to really try to have a have a, a clear, concise, 
and um, um, model of to anchor all these thoughts that I have about why people do what they do. And so that was uh, about 10 years ago when I was at Rockefeller Consulting and, uh, and we were working on traditional consulting ideas, but again, kept back to the point of trying to anchor it into some psychological point of view. So this, this path site came about when we decided that the, the tools that we had at our, at our disposal were not adequate to the job of answering why do people do what they do. So we set out to select a, a point of view, build on that, take all the tools that are, are available, and to see if we could take the fields of data science and uh, neuroscience and behavioral science and see if we could mine them for breakthroughs and add them to what we knew and take a kind of a, a message from the, the front of the applied lines of, of uh, psychology and the like and see if we could advance the ball. And that's what we've tried to do and what we do with path site predictive science. It's a long winded, winded answer, but no, it's, it's, uh, it's that's, that's how I got here. The, the, the path, like your career path makes sense. Um, it's not uncommon to find people that need to go back to, you know, really what got them excited right. about a certain topic in the first place. But the, usually I would say the end goal of somebody's career is not as monumental as answering the question, mm. why? That's a, <laughs> that's a pretty, it's a pretty um, robust goal. Um, right. But that being said, you're, you're doing it. So you're merging data. You're merging, um, I'm assuming, to comb through this data at any meaningful pace. You have right. some sort of, I don't know if it's artificial intelligence or some sort of tool that allows you to do this at scale. How, how do you even start to conceptualize how to do, because you understand that you want to figure out that you use data plus other, to build out a model, but you, but you have to actually build the tools to create that model. How do you do that without a technical, a true, truly technical background? Because you're looking to bring in data scientists or developers, and I don't know how this actually manifests. And I'm curious how you started. Great, great question, because that's at the at the heart of the heart of it all. So again, life experiences are, are funny things if you can take advantage of them. So I was working with a uh, a group in Italy. Uh, um, ISI is a cooperative of world-class um, uh, scientists. They are working on the edge of knowledge. Just they work on everything in, in the frame of uh, complex networks. And um, we were working with them on an organizational development project. And just happenstance, the chief science uh, Scientists said, "Well, what what else are you working on?" And that was just at the at the start of uh, of, of um, just at the start of uh, PathSight. And I was looking to 
not create just a, from, from scratch a model, but we were looking to anchor our core beliefs in a model that we thought was, was expandable. Mm -hmm. Well, it turns out these guys taught me a really basic lesson about complexity. The complexity, complexity um, of connected networks, which the human interface is, especially today as we look at things like Facebook being having 2 billion of the 7.8 billion people in the world connected to it. So that changes everything. But they said to me that the, the real ahas and breakthroughs come from the dynamic tension between two things, a really strong theoretical point of view to push your vision on things, to say, I think based on this, this vision, we could end up here. But it has to be me, uh, melded with a very strong uh, data component because that's what keeps you honest. That's the, what tells you what what we have. Um, uh, it, it validates uh, it. It, it, it. With the score, it, yes, yeah. it validates it. It's a scorecard. You're right. So, um, so we we learned that very early, and so we started telling them of what we were doing, and they said, "We'd love to take a peek at your data." So there was the the the, the, the life experience of a of a. Uh, of uh, meeting somebody, and they are continue to be one of the uh, most prolific um, scientists, data scientists around uh, uh, complex net networks. So they looked at our at our model and said, "We're not sure really what you're what you're dealing with, but it seems to be substantial, and we'd love to." Uh, comment on the, if you, if you like. So we, we worked with them early on and we, we developed our own uh, data, data group that could interface with them. And eventually when, when they went back to their, their uh, core scientific inquiry, we took it over and, and we have uh, had a group of really sophisticated um data scientists help us through the, the process. And after you align with these data scientists, then you, then obviously this, this, uh, this is starting to manifest. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. when it, when I guess my, I'll, I'll ask you, when does this turn into, um, I guess, path sites or, or is this like, when does this actually turn into something tangible that you can build a model out of? And what does that model start to look like? Yeah, so six six years ago, we 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 found that there was this melding of of, of uh, disciplines, and I became enthralled with the area of moral psychology. I, 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 I and that's a long story, but suffice it to say that if we believe that if the brain allows you to um, work or help, helps us figure out how you, how you can create um, uh, a moral point of view in terms of your decision-making values and things like that. And if, in fact, 
you you used all that brain power to create your your um, moral point of view. Mm-hmm. Don't you think there was a, a, a an aha for me to, that if that is consuming a lot of what your brain does, don't you think it would have ubiquitous use beyond moral judgments? And that was the premise. Of, that was the, the that was the premise. So why why take um, something and use it for uh, esoteric cho- uh, choices when it could be front and center in how you decide what you like, how you vote, mm-hmm. um, what you join who you love, all those things are really moral decisions. So I really felt there was a, a great um, melding of those things with our, with the models that we, we talked about. And so um, we took some basic uh, decision-making models and merged them with uh, an applied model of, cognitive psychology to to look at what we knew about how people make those decisions and then we found that these moral decisions were were tied to these deeply um, um, uh, embedded instincts that were showing signs of of of, uh, of um, being significant all the way back to the to the Stone Age, so uh, you may maybe have heard of a, a lot of the work of Jonathan Haidt and Moral Foundations. Um, those those were the the, the uh, uh, instincts that I felt. Wow! Finally, we have a scorecard to be able to take some of these points of view, quantify them, and look for ways that they can influence decision-making and, and behavior change. So we put all that t- together and started to look at what does the data tell us about what we could reasonably expect. And I guess my, I have questions about what that result is. But my before, before that, I think I would ask, is this, this is, is this a dangerous model to build? Is this um, a model dangerous. that could cause like dangerous as if you, if you can predict how somebody makes decisions, could that be, could that be used to influence? Like, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of the implications of building out a model where you can predict certain things that certain people can do or, or decisions that they would make. Well, let me start by saying, the human interface is the most complex node on the most complex network in we've ever experienced. Mm-hmm. So you, I'm flattered, but we, we, we don't have that degree of, 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 uh, of uh, predictability yet. We, what we, what we have is something that goes beyond anything we've ever had. But it's still, you know, it still um, uh, leaves a lot that we don't know. But well, so what we've we've done is, you know, for a hundred years, 
the conventional wisdom was that demographics really um, could be used to to tell us why we did these things, mm -hmm. you know. But um, after a hundred years, we we know a lot about dem demographics. Um, they tell us kind of who we are and what we do, but they are really lousy at telling us why do why do we do it. And there's so many um, um, segmentation models that are based on on those precepts of, of demo, demographics, and and they've all sooner or later wilted under scrutiny. scrutiny. Mm -hmm. And um, so we added these instinctual points of view. Um, these are five instincts of instinctually how do you uh, care about um, children? Um, what is your, your need for fairness? What's your, who, who are you loyal to? Who, how, do, how do you, what are the rules of the game? What's your authority idea? And, and then this, this uh, instinct for uh, purity. So what, what they are, they're, they're not to be confused with an instinct like when we, you go into the doctor and cross your legs and you get a patellar in, instinct where you kick the, the, yeah, the yeah. doctor, like a, right? Like a, like a physical so that, response. It's exactly. A, yeah. the, the, those, it's not like that. It's not you, you, you trigger the care instinct and bam, something uh, automatic comes. In. But what these do, the, the patterns of those instincts, uh, you, you do have a, have a um, early, early in childhood, we've figured out that you have a pattern of which, which ones of these instincts you're sensitive to. Mm -hmm. And what happens is as you go through life and you, your, your life experiences edit those, those instincts, we know that how you see the world, your worldview is, con is constructed um, by those life experiences and your instincts and your demographics and all the other things that we, we've known over the years go into creating an identity. And we've, de we've decoded that we think there are five of these instinctual patterns that we can identify, but two of them are really, really significant. And these two are what we see all the time referenced in, in our tribal world, you know, the, uh, the, uh, uh, and, and they're, they're referenced in politics and, mm -hmm. and philosophy and all sorts of things. But these two are really, really uh, kind of, we bifurcate the world in, in terms of these two major um, instinctual profiles. And then the, the three in the middle are the kind of the way we um, marry up which part of of the of, of of the two instincts are are you most influenced by? So they're they kind of. Everyone, Scott here. Just want to press pause on today's episode and thank our sponsor, GetMister. You can find them at getmister.com. Let me show you why I was so excited when they reached out. So if you're like me. You're getting older, you, your skin, you don't really take care of it as much as you should. Um, you perhaps 
use moisturizer once in a while, you use sunscreen once in a while, um, maybe if you're shaving, you're using aftershave, but you're not religious about this. There's too many lotions out there, too many variants. You don't put on sunscreen every time you should. You don't moisturize when you should. Your skin's getting dry, it's, it's aging out. You get a couple burns here and there, it's not good. Well, I was like most people who are just too fed up to look into all the different products out there. I don't have the time for it. I don't have the, the mental real estate to invest, but Get Mister does all of this in one. So it's very similar to as I was excited to find out that shampoo body wash combo when you use that one shampoo body wash combo for your hair your body well get mister is complete skincare so it's an SPF 30 sunscreen filled with minerals and vitamins it's not greasy it's fragrance free it's also a moisturizer to take care of your skin it has anti-aging ingredients in it as well as it's an aftershave so you don't have to put on an extra lotion after you shave in the morning so you're putting on one lotion when you shave, it takes care of your sunscreen for the day, it takes care of your moisturizer for your face, and it takes care of your aftershave to remove any sort of irritation. I had no idea this existed. I was so excited when I tried it for the first time. It doesn't just do three in one, but it does them all well. So if you're listening, I highly recommend you go check it out. Try it if you don't use a ton of creams because there's just too much stuff out there or they're too expensive. This is perfect because it gives you quality skincare without much effort, without much thought. For everybody who's listening to this podcast, there's a special code you can use. So right now, if you go to getmister.com and you use the code SUCCESS, you will unlock 25% off your first purchase. That's G-E-T-M-R.com, getmister.com and use code SUCCESS for 25% off your first purchase. This is an exclusive offer only for listeners for our podcast and it will end soon. Try it out. Your face will thank you. My face sure did. Now let's get back to our show. More back and forth. So, so, so really it's these two two big ones that are really are, are the immovable forces. And the rest of the other three would just to draw a parallel, would it be almost like a, a Venn diagram of crossover of various components between the yeah, two exactly. major polarizing exactly. ones and then the smaller? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And, 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 and um, yeah. And so what we've done is we've started over the last six years to explore the way these profiles can predict what people, how people, People will will uh, respond to different environments, different problems, different um, stimuli, and things like that. So the 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 real wild card is to say, what do we what do we think these instinctual patterns are? Because we've done a lot of the the work on the on the back end of saying, oh, if we know you have this one instinctual pattern, likely you're going to be really uh, uh, fair-minded. Empathy is, 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 a, is, is a given. You probably um, fight the conformity of, of, of a cultural mandate, but you're, you're, you're probably going to look for new and different problems to solve and, and, trends to uh to make friends with Mm -hmm. so that would be one 
and then we can get all sorts of detail about what that looks like. And so what we've, what we've done then is created this intelligent advisor so that when somebody says, I'm, I'm interested in my brand, for example, and I'd, I'd like to figure out who likes it, who doesn't like it, and what can I do about it? And those, those are kind of the simple questions that we can answer now. That's very interesting. Um, and to date, I'm just, because I don't understand this, the, the, full, the, the full amount of research that's going on in this. To date, mm-hmm. this model that you're presenting is, is on the forefront. Like this is what, uh, you know, would be referenced as sort of leading edge in terms of understanding these. I think so. And um, there's a tremendous amount of research mm-hmm. going into this, this type of a conceptualization. Mm-hmm. You know, what do, what do we know about the moral decisions you're making? What do we know about decisions you're making? What do we know about all those things are variables that the, the scientific world through data science, neuroscience, behavioral science, and everything related are, 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 um, are investigating. So we continue to harvest as much as we can to build it into our model. We call it the model of why. And, and it, I don't know anything that's better. <laughs> no, that's, you know, don't, 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 uh, don't be ashamed. Like, 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 uh, I'm just curious because I don't, I don't know everybody who's doing research in this topic. And I think it's like a very interesting, very interesting topic. And I think it's more relevant than ever. Like you said, Google is, uh, is showing us that people are trying to find um, reasons as to why everything's happening. So I think that yeah. anything that can help shed, uh, even a, like, you know, you mentioned, it's not, it's not dangerous to the point where it can predict everything somebody yeah. can do, but any kind of light that could be shed on an action yeah. or, 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 um, or something that happens. Um, mm-hmm. People will find we're, safety in that and it's useful, right? Is a word. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it. Each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works. One data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash Clary. That's netsuite.com 
slash Scott Clary. Hiring as a small business owner is a major pain. That's why LinkedIn is supporting today's episode. You need people with the right skills and experience, but finding them can take forever. It is incredibly frustrating to keep seeing candidates who just aren't a good fit. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs has been a game changer. Let me tell you a little story. We needed to hire a graphic designer, somebody with specific tech and software knowledge and the ability to truly understand our brand. And I started with all the usual job boards and it's the same old story. Tons of irrelevant applications. No one's really matching my needs. I tried LinkedIn jobs and the quality of candidates was just on another level. People with impressive portfolios, relevant expertise. I finally felt like I was interviewing the right people. That's truly the power of LinkedIn's massive professional network. You're tapping into this huge pool of talent you simply wouldn't find on other sites. It's about finding those niche candidates you actually need. And with the right people in front of you, hiring becomes a breeze. Did you know that 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate on LinkedIn jobs within 24 hours? That is how well their system works. Honestly, do yourself a favor and try LinkedIn jobs next time you're hiring. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash excellence. That's linkedin.com slash excellence. Terms and conditions apply, but it's definitely worth trying out. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information. But Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeletemecom slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely 
drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay. And what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch US-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text SUCCESS, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. Launching a a number of initiatives, right? Mm -hmm. So we've got partnered with some job search groups. And so now, you know, that's that's primed for, you know, everybody runs uh, the... um, candidates through a, a litany of tests and, mm-hmm. and, and they make a decision and then, and that's automated. And, well, we, we tend to think of um, the automation as a positive, but we know that you've got to, you've got to have some human judgments in these things. Mm-hmm. So what we do is we start with, analyzing any population to which you want to bring somebody and put them into that population, right? So we've got our, our, our uh, instinctual patterns, you know, those one I talked about, there's, there's others that I could share with you, but so we think you have to start with the starting point of what's the environment that you're asking somebody to come and join. And so we go, okay, we, we've got a, a pretty neat way we can uh, survey everybody in the, in the department and define what the instinctual patterns are for the whole department. How do they make decisions? What do they think about and treat people fairly? How does management want to inter- interact with these people? So we, your instincts go into all of that. Mm-hmm. And so at, at, the, at the end of the day, we're able to say, you know, we're, we love this department. We're doing great work. They, they're, they're, they, they, they like everybody in the department. And so they can say, we want somebody just like this department mm-hmm. to be, be hired. Now we can end up find, finding those people and making a judgment not just on their skill set and their job referral, you know, recommendations, but rather now we can say, and they have just the right type of a, of a instinctual pattern to fit right in. That makes but a lot you of may sense. Find, 
Yeah, and we, we also all could have the, 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 the situation where they say, you know, we do a great work in our department, but we do have a, have one challenge that I don't think we're we're managing correctly. And we can hire somebody with the instinctual pattern that can bring that skill set into the the um, department. And so we can do it as as a as a as somebody should fit in or somebody who should bring a different skill set that we can cultivate into the the group. So it it works very well as a as a um, as a social variant variant to say who's the because you know people people are saying that uh, a bad hire costs a, a, a company like two hundred forty thousand dollars a yeah. year. Yeah. You know we know that so if this is a perfect way for you to to uh, measure something that's quantifiable and make a decision on top of just the words per minute, you know? That makes, that makes a lot of sense. I, I, I want to ask a few more questions about like some right. of the results, but I, can you, can you just define those two main, those two main groups? Cause you said there's two main polarizing groups. Right. So, so one was the individuals. So they're, they're the ones that, that use, uh, are upset, not obsessed. They use the individual as the currency. They they're, they really worry about um, fairness and and justice for the individual. Every individual is considered fair game. They're all hardwired to think that uh, empathy and fairness are are a right for these people. So when you're, do, you're thinking about the govern, governing and you're thinking about allocations of resources and things like that, it's a big deal to make that commitment that everybody should be treated equally. And mm-hmm. what does that mean? But that's the kind of, of ground rule that this person says uh, has very much in, in terms of valuing diversity Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, but because of their, that mindset, they really think about, uh, new things and, and, and trying different things in problem solving where you can use new ways to solve old problems. The downside is, is sometimes you can be so in, enamored with the new thing that you ignore the, 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 the tried and true. And, and the, the capacity to build boundaries about around those folks is kind of a challenge. So there's a good and bad for that point of view. Of course, yeah. You know, that's the kind of point of view in, 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 in governance and in culture that keeps you moving forward because you're open to these new uh, ways to do things. The other side is the, the polar opposite opposite in that these are folks that uh, are believe there's a natural order in things and that natural hierarchical order is there's winners and losers there's there's uh, 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 
winners and losers, leaders and followers, all those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And and there's uh, they're looking for the the broad sweeping authority to keep people together. You know, we we all hang hang out and we're all committed and this guy's the leader and the leader says yes and we're, we're we have a uh, loud vo- loud voice for the leader and it, it asks us to s- step in line and 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 re- respect that um, and no one person is more important than the group mm-hmm. so you, you don't want to put things in 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 uh, in jeopardy by infusing too too much from for for one person's uh, benefit so you can see there's two unique points of view, and they have entirely different um, worldviews for governance and culture and things like that. And that's why our cultures are in, in, in disarray, because people have, with so much social media and, um, and that our tribes, you know, tribe one or two, are we are so easily recognizable that uh, the social media has has put us into these these competing camps, mm-hmm. and we ended up getting addicted to the concept of yes, because if if, if it's an echo, echo chamber in your in your group, and all you hear is you're right, you're right, you're right. All of a sudden, you think you have all the answers. And and so now, if these two points of view are set on each other, then all of a sudden, it's, 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 it's a terrible uh, thing to, to see because people criticize people for their genu- genuine, instinctual point of view when you know you didn't have a lot of choice in this it's you don't choose to be social binder or you don't choose to be a, an individualist it's the it's your instincts your life experiences and you come out of adolescence and bam you're you you've got this point of view and if i if i criticize you for your instinctual point of view We'll never get anywhere. So you mentioned a, an interesting point, and that was one thing I wanted to touch on. And I'm actually kind of glad you went there about you know big data, social media, extreme polarization, mm-hmm. echo chambers. So we're only seeing people that agree with us um, on social media, which is a big deal. Yeah. And I think that you know I'm actually Canadian, so I didn't experience it to the same extent. I'm in Toronto right now, but you know, I think we see all the news anyway. So I think that we've never seen polarization at least in my lifetime, like I've seen over the course of the past year and then some. So my question to you is now that we understand the root cause, how do we, like, what's, what's the fix? Like, how do we, you know, it seems like data and social, big data and and social media have almost um, uh, made this problem much worse than it could have been, but I don't Mm -hmm. see how we go back on it and fix it. Do you have an idea as to, as how to use this information for, for, for good? Yeah, I'm, I've got some some points of view. I, I will tell you that 
we've done an analysis between the United States and Canada. And we, we've done a lot of work in Canada in that um, Canada has less polarization because there's a, more of a, of a, those groups in the middle have more pow, power in Canada than they do on the, in the States. And I, I can uh, send you some stuff, really interesting difference yeah. between Canada and, and the U.S. But, you know, I, um, the, the solution is not to throw out technology um, because who, who can do that? But I think you've got to, we've got to get back to uh, having a, a human re- re- relationship with people beyond social media. And, you know, I, 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 I do a lot of things on radio and podcast and, 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 and it's so interesting for me because everybody has their instinctual point of view and, and, and most people are really, really um, willing to share it with you. They're willing to say, this is what I believe, mm-hmm. but we have to start by asking you know, we don't want to take the, like, today with social media, you know, we're for, just forearmed, we're forewarned of who I'm, I'm speaking to. Because if you go on, on social media, you know that this is a, a social binder or a conservative or a tea party or somebody like that. Very early on in those conversations, you're going to know that. And everybody walks around forearmed to to be to do combat out of the gate telling somebody that their point of view is not appropriate mm-hmm. and that's that is we can do something about that we can demand that people have a little civility and saying instead of saying that's a stupid idea how could you come to agree with that and say tell me about that and what, what you find when you take people's points of view and listen to them, you diffuse that sense of impotence, mm-hmm. that sense of no power, that sense of you've, you've sentenced me to irrelevance. And that's the first step. We have to, we have to and I know it's, it's not a, a, a great sexy first technological steps but that's what we have to do is reinvest ourselves in a human condition it's it's an interesting problem um but i think that i think you nailed it you know if if instead of instead of just seeking out like-minded and blocking or removing ourselves from everybody and i think it's almost been further further propagated by the fact that we're all isolated at home so you can't even have those in person and a lot of a lot of communication is lost on us when it's over video or just text, right? Yeah. But if you if you if you seek out the other side and you mm-hmm. seek out alternative points of view, I think that that would make your your social media experience less of an echo chamber and more of a, of a learning experience. It would probably solve many of these polarization yeah. issues. But it has to be has to be uh, like a, a, intrinsically motivated. Like you can't you can't force somebody to do that. So they have to. But you know, the, when you look at what happened. Two weeks ago, yeah, um, I sense, and, and, and this may just be a uh, 
a, um, a unique moment in time. But I sense, sense everybody kind of stepping back from the, the brink mm-hmm. and saying, oh, we almost went too far. Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing, um, and it may be anecdotal and it may be temporary, but I'm seeing people starting to say, yeah, I, th- I think I've got to find a, a different way to do this. And and then if you can find your way to work on a project that's local, the, the national stuff is, is, is almost un, untenable. But if you can work on a local project, you know, I've seen people all the time get into a project and they say, I wouldn't have voted for that guy for dog catcher, mm-hmm. but I can work with them. I got to, I want to get this school done. I wanted to get this charity. I want to get to do this. And that's another way to uh, uh, get people into challenging their, their, their points of view. Yeah. That's very, very smart. Mm-hmm. Very smart. Um, I want what I, what I like to do. So when I break down these interviews, I kind of start off with what you're focusing on now. Then I like to go into some more, mm-hmm. Um, personal details about your career and your successes. But I do like to sort of bring you back into it. But before I keep, before I sort of, I don't want to pivot away from this because it's very interesting, but we touched on a lot of points. Is there anything yeah. else that I didn't bring up that you that you thought was important to sort of uh, bring up in, in line with what we just spoke about? Well, I think one of, one of the things is, um, you know, we think that we develop whole person insights. So these are things that we, we, we can break off and do things like recru- recruiting and job hiring. Mm-hmm. But really, we're working on holistic solutions for, for remaking the culture of the company. Um, uh, any human capital challenge is one that we think we're, we're uniquely uh, qualified to, to, to opine on. So we think it's marketing and, and it's, it's uh, product development, um, uh, benefits and benefit management. We'll do some really breakthrough stuff on, on uh, health care and people who are not likely to have access to health care. How do we get them uh, reintegrated into the, into the, the marketplace? So those are. I just wanted to see the the, the expanse mm-hmm. of what we're 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 working on. So thank you and for that. No, no. It, it's. I think it's incredible work. It's very interesting. Um, and obviously, <laughs> interesting is probably an understatement. It's more like like <laughs> it's like you know society defining if if this yeah. keeps moving in this direction. So um, in in this particular book, uh, because this was obviously you know what drove most of this, uh, or it was a. The, the, the result of a lot of this research. What do you go through in the book? So if somebody does want to check it out and read more, what would they get in this book? Well, they get... Uh, the first part is an evolution of how, how we built the model and the building blocks of the model. Okay. So it's it's pretty detailed, but it, it uh, gives you a real ground-up approach for what it is. And we have three three buckets in the group. Or in the in the book, a, a working on the building blocks of people, 
and what what goes into your identity and and how to how to understand it and use it. The next is that the the ecosystem of social and work and school and all those systemic engagement. How do you, how do you fit into work? How do you take your your uh, building blocks of your identity and apply that to to a career? And what are the what are the things that are going to be important to you and not important to you? So that systemic ecosystem is 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 dealt 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 with in that way. And then the third is the population. You know, what are the impacts for, for governance? What are the impacts for problem solving? What are the impacts for um, how we uh, want to organize our government and, and make better decisions in, in that regard? So those are the three buckets of the, of the book. Very interesting. Okay, good. That's very good. Okay, so I'm going to ask just some questions um, about like, okay. your career. Um, the question, the first question I usually ask is norm. I'm going to, I'm going to reframe it a little bit, but normally it is, what would somebody do to pursue a career similar to yours? Now you have an interesting career, so I'm not going to ask that. What I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask, first of all, if you look inward, what, what traits have you discovered in yourself that you recognize in why you chose the career that you chose? And then what would be one it's going to be two part questions. So that would be the first part. So looking inward and understanding like what motivators led you to live a life of research and, and sort of go back and, um, and do what you did when you pivoted from working in corporate to going back into psychology. But then secondly, second part of that question would be, what would be an, a one piece of advice that you would give uh, somebody looking to align their career with their motivators? Is that, are those fair mm-hmm. questions? Cause I'm just very, really curious sure. as to, okay. So I'd like you to go into that because that's very interesting. Well, for me, it was, um, you know, I, I, um, I knew that I, I, um, was going to pursue psychology early on. You know, I had, uh, just some family experiences with, with, uh, Early, early on my in my career, my 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 grandmother, interestingly enough, her husband died, and she, forty years old, she went back to Syracuse University and got a degree in social work, and she she created there was this movement in uh, in her her childhood where they created settlement houses where they tried to bring people that were disadvantaged into to have access to all that that society would would provide them and she was she was a the 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 queen of Syracuse New York working in these disadvantaged um, communities and she just said you know what about the people what about the people I would come home with with a new psychology degree of the day, you know, now we're going to talk about behaviorism and cognitive. And, and each time she said, but what about the people? What about the people? And so I knew for, for, at at that moment, I was going to be in, in that business. And and a second, second um, point was when I chose to expand this, this um, interest 
and start into the corporate world. Uh, I, I, nobody in my family had done that. I, I was uh, the guinea pig, and it was, it, it gave me a much broader sense of who I was and how I saw the world. So that stoked my worldview and made, gave me some potency to say, this is, this is something you, you can play in this world. So I was pretty successful at that. And then I decided to return with, with um, psychology because I really felt that was the, op- the opportunity to, to, to make some s- statement of a, an, an impact. I'd seen the corporate world. I found it lacking. And some of the reasons I found it lacking, I felt was in my control to, to opine about that. And so that was how I, how I envisioned the, uh, uh, how this, this, this worldview has served me. So, um, no, very good. Very, very good. And then the second, the second piece of that was if somebody was going to ask you, you know, I'm, I'm looking at career options. What would some advice for me be if I want to align my profile? I, I guess I have to figure out what my profile is first, but how would I align that? Yeah, with the so career? I would say I would spend a, a, a fair amount of time trying to, to, to understand what's, you know, we all have a, we all have a, have a worldview that's uniquely ours. Um, but we can have glimpses into that uh, by looking at how how we process these instincts and incorporate them into your worldview. worldview. Mm-hmm. And when you when you feel comfortable about de- de- delineating what's really driving you, that's going to really free up the um, the. Um, the choices, it'll you, you'll be able to make much more informed choices, and you'll be able to, um, I think, be at p- peace with that, because you know there's a lot of ways people can get to, to certain to certain uh, uh, runs on on the ladder, mm-hmm. but there's a very few ways that you can. Feel like you're fulfilling yourself based on your intellectual and instinctual points of view. So I, I think that that mo- moment of we now have tools that allow us to to shed light on on those uh, factors, and I think you should take advantage of it. And then uh, and then at that point, then go know that no single decision is not reversible mm-hmm. so if you make a mistake it's just a mistake <laughs> good no good advice good advice um what's a resource could be a person a book um that's helped you along your way that you'd recommend somebody go investigate mm. that's a that's a i would i would i would recommend jonathan hates the righteous mind you know they do. He, he did a great job of making that concept accessible 
mm-hmm. all you know every everyday people and and and, and that would be a, a, a great book for people good good consult with. um what would be a lesson that you would tell your younger self i i think i think to um trust trust your instincts to um because ultimately, that's what you have to live with, you know. And don't take a job for the money. Take the job for, you know, all those classic um, uh, job advice yeah. things. But but if you can get in touch with with the needs and, and, and the, the, the wants that you you have um, in in your possession, man, you... you, you Go hard and, and trust yeah. them. Good. And um, last last question for you. You know, you have a, you've had a ten year career and you've done pivots and you've come out successful. Mm-hmm. Now you're sort of leading the edge on 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 research in this particular area. But mm-hmm. my question would be, what does uh, what does success look like for you? Um, I'm I'm one of those ones that. Um, it's a deep satisfaction that you've done something worthwhile. That's for me is, um, is what success work looks like. Um, okay. Very good. Um, my most important question, where do people connect with you? Where do people find the book? Do you have, um, links that you can, that you can give? I'm going to link everything in the show notes as well, but, um, where do you want people to go? Um, I'm accessible at pathsite.com, P-A-P-A-T-H-S-I-G-H-T. We're on Instagram and Twitter and all those types of things. Okay, so don't, we're, we're there. And uh, the book is, a you know, Amazon, Target, all the usual Barnes & Noble. Uh, okay. So pretty widely distributed. Good. And I'll link, um, what I'll do is I'll link the, I'll link the Amazon below too. So people can find it on Amazon, the show notes, if they want to go check it out. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it. Each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash Clary. 
That's netsuite.com slash Scott Clary. Hiring as a small business owner is a major pain. That's why LinkedIn is supporting today's episode. You need people with the right skills and experience, but finding them can take forever. It is incredibly frustrating to keep seeing candidates who just aren't a good fit. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs has been a game changer. Let me tell you a little story. We needed to hire a graphic designer, somebody with specific tech and software knowledge and the ability to truly understand our brand. And I started with all the usual job boards and it's the same old story. Tons of irrelevant applications. No one's really matching my needs. I tried LinkedIn Jobs and the quality of candidates was just on another level. People with impressive portfolios, relevant expertise. I finally felt like I was interviewing the right people. That's truly the power of LinkedIn's massive professional network. You're tapping into this huge pool of talent you simply wouldn't find on other sites. It's about finding those niche candidates you actually need. And with the right people in front of you, hiring becomes a breeze. Did you know that 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate on LinkedIn jobs within 24 hours. That is how well their system works. Honestly, do yourself a favor and try LinkedIn jobs next time you're hiring. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash excellence. That's linkedin.com slash excellence. Terms and conditions apply, but it's definitely worth trying out. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone, and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely 
drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive, and I bet you we've all been there, and maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch U.S.-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text success, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. 